Hello and welcome to another episode of our show. Today's guest is Audrey Weidman. Audrey is a certified stress mastery educator who got into this work uh, after having a, a stress-related heart attack. She had a clean bill of health and then, yeah, suddenly just had a heart attack that was completely related to stress, um, which brings to question the, the importance of taking care of ourselves and making sure the ones that we love are taking care of themselves uh, as, as heart attacks don't just manifest in things that look visibly unhealthy, but also internally unhealthy. I hope you enjoy this episode and that you get something out of it. Thank you for listening. Uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered. This is an open mind. And you're listening to I'm Probably Wrong About Everything. Audrey Weidman, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so glad you're here today to talk to us about stress. Uh, as you know, I had a bit of a chaotic opening towards this. I was a little bit late, then I, I didn't have my laptop. So you were you were more than accommodating. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my now, pleasure. Now you wanted to, your focus is on stress, and you have quite a story of of a person who was a coach and uh and then you know you did that for a number of years and then you had this this sort of episode where stress was sort of a really big callus was a wake-up call so what what can you tell us about your story well i guess you know before covid happened the Mm -hmm. other pandemic was stress and still continues to be stress it's heightened beyond wherever it was because of COVID things have changed and whatever. But I, uh, as I, as you indicated, I was a health coach, uh, for a number of years and I was fit. I I was more into the nutrition part. Um, but everybody knew me as the healthiest person they knew. Mm. And October 22nd, 2016, I was gardening, well, cleaning up for winter, and I had my head below my heart, and I was chopping down a bush. And at that point, all of a sudden, I got very, very dizzy, and I I knew I had to stop. And I went in, and I told my husband, I said, I just kind of feel really weird. And he said, you know what? You've been working hard all day. Uh just sit down. And I said, you know, I have this persistent chest pain. And um, I thought perhaps it was from the chopping down. I thought it was muscular pain. Um, But it actually turned out that I had a heart attack and I didn't know it for two days. The only reason I found out is that uh, this was a Saturday where I was doing the yard cleanup. And on Monday, I had my regularly scheduled doctor's appointment. And I have the privilege of working with a wonderful integrative practice that's top-notch. It's affiliated with Northwestern University. And before you even see the doctor, who I'd only seen once before, you get an EKG done. And uh, she was asking me, she came into the room, how are you doing? I said, you know, I'm pretty good, except I feel this like kind of burning sensation in my chest that won't go away. 
And um, she was looking at the previous year's EKG compared to this. And she goes, oh my God, oh my God, you've had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And I said, um, you know what? I have a friend from California that I'm supposed to meet for lunch. <laughs> I have lunch with her and then go to the hospital. Right. This was rational to me because I took the walk to the train. I walked along like probably three quarters of a mile down to Michigan Avenue to my doctor's practice. So at the time, it was just so not in the realm of possibilities that I, I thought, well, this is crazy. But yeah. as it turns out, she said, Audrey, <laughs> I would be calling an ambulance for you right now, except we're right on Michigan Avenue, which is the busiest thoroughfare in downtown Chicago. And she said, you're three blocks away from the hospital. Uh, get a cab, go over there. And, um, you know, so I get a cab and, and I said, take me to the emergency room. And he's like, this isn't for you, is it? And I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. And, um, he's like, oh boy, you know, I just threw him a 20, like get in there. Yeah. And, um, as in, is the case in many, like most of the American hospitals, I'm not sure how it is in Canada, but the waiting room is filled with a lot of indigents, even in this area called the Gold Coast of, of Chicago. And I'm waiting in line, and then I see this nurse running down the hallway saying, um, there's a woman named Audrey Weidman who, who has a heart attack. When she comes, like, tell me. And I'm Have like, you seen her? Yeah. <laughs> that would be me. So I got to the front of the line and was whisked away like, in the TV show, shows, I was watching the ceiling tiles go away. And I'm right, like, right. this is a freaking nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. I got to go see my friend for lunch. <laughs> I know. That was, it was crazy. And I won't get into all the particulars, except I'll say that it was a teaching hospital mm. for which I'm grateful because they see every weird thing. And I'm part of a Mayo study. Um because it's uh, the, the condition I have is unusual, but it's still a teaching hospital. So when I got into my part of the ER, there were eight other white coats hovering around. You know, you get stripped, like there's no, like you're just the body there. There's not a lot of touchy feely, like, oh, I'm sorry about this. Mm. It's like the director, the, the chief um, was telling everybody, <laughs> about me as if I wasn't there. Right. And it was, uh, but I will tell you, I am grateful though for the experience because if I'd gone to a local hospital, they probably wouldn't have recognized what I had. And the type of heart attack I had is something called a SCAD, spontaneous coronary artery dissection. And that is where it, like dissection is a tear in the arterial wall. And when they went in with the, uh, the cat, catheter, um, I, I forget what it's called, but they went in to see if there was plaque in my arterial walls. They didn't discover any, but the the dye that, you know, they kind of put in kind of showed the, the arterial wall break. And there are two reasons, primary reasons for SCAD. One is um, there's about 10 to 15% genetic component where some people have twisty arteries twisty curly arteries that result in weaknesses right. with the bends and the rest of it is due to stress 
And it's the number one cause of heart attacks among women under 50. And they think it's greatly um, underdiagnosed. Um, but I'm, as I said, I'm part of this Mayo study. Uh, and I, I would like to just tell them all, like, you know, there is this genetic component. Right. However, right. all this research that we're raising money to be part of and whatever, it could probably a lot of it be solved if you became the master of your own stress. Mm. And uh, what I realized after two months of living in a bubble kind of, uh, you know, how when you play soccer and you've seen those people with the big bubbles around right. them, the plastic thing, like you're insulated, you can bump into people, but you don't really feel it. That's what I felt like after my heart attack. And when I finally realized I had to look at myself for the reasons for this, um, I became an avid student of trying to control my stress. And the first thing that I did was I was in cardiac rehab over the holidays. And one of my friends who is a nurse um, just was filling in and she's like, oh my God, Audrey, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh my God, you're here. Yeah. And I'm like, you, yeah, I know. Here. Yeah, yeah. I know. And she said, um, uh, you should really learn how to do transcendental meditation. Um, and I can get you a script. This is something for anybody who's curious about it. Um, if you go to a medical provider, whether it's a nurse or a doctor, they can get you a sizable discount by saying there's a medical reason for you yes. to learn this. And um, it involves like three days of coaching in a group setting um, to do that. And I practice transcendental meditation probably for, I don't know, seven, eight months, like every day I never missed, like never missed. Uh, but I found it maybe not as good because the thing is that is where you like keep a mantra in your mind. They give you, they assign a mantra right? and you have no idea what the mantra is. It's in, it's gibberish to me and you can't tell anybody what, what that mantra is. But is, that's is it in they, English? No, it's in Sanskrit. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so you keep repeating it whenever you feel like your mind wanders, which it always does because our mind is, designed to think right uh, so it goes back and then um it's not my preferred thing but it's wonderful for people who want to have a guided experience and it's accredited lots of people do it um and that was my first step but then i started exploring more and more i'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with heart math please tell me yeah yeah so oh, heart math um i know the you know, anybody listening can't see, there is this little Bluetooth device that clips onto your ear. Okay. That you have an app on your phone and it tells you when you get into a coherent state. So it's this wonderful biofeedback device, which I never knew with transcendental meditation. Am I doing this right? Mm, like, I it, wanted yeah. feedback because I've like never got into a real altered state. Right. How do you measure it, right? How do you measure it? So Yes, and I found that to be very, very helpful. But um, heart math is in uh, Northern California, and they have over 300 journaled 
published articles on the proven, you know, efficacy of the um, heart math coherence technique that they share. And they have, they're a technology company, like they have this little device and they have other things to help you get into a coherent state, which is you kind of get into with deep breathing, because breathing, I'll, I'll share a little bit more about that later, but it's breathing slowly because when you're stressed, you never breathe slowly. You don't. It's a way to trick your physiology. Yeah. Yeah. And, there, and there's, it's belly breathing. It's not like suck your chin, your chest up and suck the air. And right. it's like belly breathing, which is different. And uh, then you focus on the area of your heart and you think of uplifting thoughts. So your heart center, which uh, if you are familiar with the chakra system, it's the middle of the chakra system. So everything below the heart is really more the body and everything above there is more spiritual and um, more, um, I guess, higher uh, vibration. But when you're at your heart, if you start to feel love and appreciation, gratitude, then what you do, the next step is pushing it out, like literally sharing it, sharing it and sending it to someone. It sounds like so metaphysical, and I guess it kind of is, but we've all met people that we know in an instant that we like them or we don't. Yeah. And it's, it's a vibration that we can't put a finger on but they're emanating this vibration that we pick up on and so um i love heart math i just it was uh so wonderful to do so i became a heart math facilitator because i thought dang anybody who needs to calm down their mind right can use this as a biofeedback device and all of the proven technology that's or proven studies that are behind it is amazing so so tell me tell me a little bit about this this heart math like what what's an exercise because i'm familiar with meditation and i you know i try to do it i try to do like 30 minutes uh a day um of it and just kind of like no sound no cell phones Mm -hmm. no distractions just with myself and focusing Mm -hmm. on my breathing but what exactly is heart math? Like what's, what's an activity that one would do in, in heart math? It's pretty much what I described. Like yeah. you start with, um, it, it measures the alpha, like, well, first, let me, let me um, tell you that it's the heart has these specialized cells in it that communicate directly with the brain. And in fact, there is more communication coming from the heart to the brain than vice versa. So when you hear the explanation of like, oh, he always follows his heart. Oh, they're so good hearted. Oh, he's got a hardened heart. You know, like we, we know this sort of intuitively, but this is measurable by the coherence. And so there's this, how well are the heart and brain connected with one another is is what you want. You want your heart to direct your head. Because literally, yeah. Following your gut or your heart is, and there's like this connection with the gut and the heart too. You probably know about this with the vagus nerve. Um the the, the big the big central nerve that runs, you know, from your yeah, brain yeah. to 
down your throat to your heart and into your gut. It's the largest, yeah. uh, it's the largest nerve. And it's also the one that is responsible for the rest and relaxation response. Right. Well, have so, you heard of tapping? Yes. And how that's, yeah. And, and if you give yourself a hug and then you tap, you're actually calming down that vagus nerve. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so anyway, um, the activities that you would do is just as I had explained, you do this slow breathing, which they recommend inhaling for the count of five, exhaling for the count of five. Normally in the, our conversation right now, we're probably breathing, um, we're breathing at maybe 10 to 12 breaths per minute. This is like five in and outs per minute. So it's significantly slower. And when you, I don't know if you've ever experienced flow state, mm, yeah. when you are in flow, that is when your, your heart and your head are really connected and you become your best self. You become okay. creative. You become, things become effortless because you are in your gift. You're, you're just, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just enjoyable. It's like, you are there. You know? yeah. Well, and, and when you're in that flow state, I mean, that's, it's like time, it's like time ceases to kind of exist. Like you just see things kind of falling into place and, yes. and ideas coming. I, yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. So, so by doing right. this, and if by, I haven't done that. yeah, well, so, so, so by doing this and getting into the, the sort of theta waves or whatever it is that you can kind of manually get into the flow state. Yeah, it's actually more alpha. I think you could probably get sure. down to um, more uh, delta or theta, um, which are deeper brain waves, but even alpha, which is that, that brain state that when you're just waking up or when you're just about to fall asleep, you're just kind of in a haze. That is kind of um, the state that alpha is in. And when we then think about, um, like I like to think about a peak experience that I've had. Um, I in Chicago, I live in, uh, near the Great Lakes and we vacation quite a lot uh, in Michigan. And there's this area called Sleeping Bear Dunes where they have lots of sand dunes because of the prevailing westerly winds. And we often go there and body surf. And uh, it's like the ocean, but it's fresh water. It's right, wonderful. Right. And I think of this time where it was probably over 100 degrees in Chicago, but there it was maybe in the high 80s. We were wet we laid on the sand, like I had my whole family there and we just had such a wonderful time playing in the water. I think about what was I smelling? Cottonwood trees are prevalent there. Uh, how did I feel? Well, my feet were in the sand. My mm -hmm. suit was wet, but you were I was grounded. comfortable. You were grounded. Yeah, the wind, like you engage all of your five senses as much as you can. Right. And just relive that peak experience, whether it's like the birth of a child or another vacation experience, whatever, that is what you would, um, that, 
that's how you get into this heart state that just magnifies like you're so grateful and just in love with life when you recall that. And then the last part of the heart math is imagine you sending that out to someone that you love. It could even be to yourself. Right. Like you're, you're wanting to comfort yourself and you send it to yourself or, and you could imagine that what color is it that you're sending it to? Like, what does it look like? Sometimes I imagine my daughters and I know what their favorite colors are. And I have these bands of light going around them and maybe tickling their face or it just becomes this exercise that is kind of fun. Like they're um, it's, it's just wonderful. And when you're in that state, it's just the best. It's how you, um, you're operating at peak performance and then you can transition to something that uh, you want to, but it's very healing for your heart. It's healing for your uh, physiology to do that. Well, what's so, I mean, sort of the way that Western pharmacology and, and Western medicine is Western, you know, uh, doctors and all that stuff is that there's this demystified sort of sense to it that, you know, anything that happens, we can diagnose it. We can figure out what's going on. We can throw meds at it or whatever, right? There's this, there's this ability to, to heal things, but it has been demystified. I mean, you know, hundreds of years ago before the world was so incredibly fast paced and, you know, like, you have to do a million things at once when things were slower, maybe they were, they, they were not as safe or whatever, but back then there was this element of, you know, prayer and this ability that prayer could help or that, you know, being ingrained in nature, all these things, we, we understood ourselves better back then. And we've gotten away from that. And I think that that's where stress kind of comes in is because to me, I define stress as being removed from our natural way of being the world That's that we live in. Yeah. I, and there's, and there's many, right. But one of them, right. there's this kind of constant sort of low grade stress that we're experiencing and that's living lives that are kind of the way that we live is relatively new. You know, we used oh, yeah. to sort of, yeah. I mean, with the industrial revolution, the way that we exist has like it doesn't make sense anymore it's unrecognizable um mm -hmm. there's always been labor right all of that stuff aside but the, the way that we live now is quite foreign to the way that people lived thousands of years ago you know even a couple and, hundred years ago even a couple hundred years ago i mean and and i just think that our bodies have developed over thousands of years hundreds of thousands of years it's just not used to this, you know, and technology. I mean, a lot of the work that I do is online and it's, you know, that's how you make connections and all that stuff. But even that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need to like get off the, the technology because it's hurting my brain, like actually hurting my brain. You know, what does that tell you? And, and then you think about, yeah, heart attacks, cancer, all these things. So how do you, how do you get rid of stress? I think you've nailed it is you make time for yourself. You meditate, you slow down so that your body, your heart can catch up to your brain. 
Yeah. Well, that's one technique. Yeah. Actually, what I did, like I was on this journey, like, and it still am four years yeah. later of trying to find ways to um, master, become the master of my stress as opposed to stress management. Management right. implies that you're just like putting it in the corner somewhere, sweeping it under the rug. You're not really addressing it. But when you're the master of your stress, then you um, really have dominion over it. And what I did in the course of my looking online to try to figure out, uh, it turns out that there, there was a woman that I followed named Dr. Heidi Hanna, and she was offering this beta group of becoming a certified stress mastery educator. And I thought, well, dang, I need that for me. Uh, and yes, I like, I didn't learn all this stuff to just keep it to myself is what right. I feel like. Well, and, but that, that goes back to that extending it back to the world piece. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was part of her beta group. There are 40 of us and it was a wide range of professionals, including, you know, MDs, psychologists, there were nurses, uh, someone who worked in a nursing home, um, just uh, people from all different walks of life. Mm -hmm. Like anybody, like, as I said, you know, stress is the other pandemic. And, uh, so we learned about how the brain works and that is where you no know, stress mastery is where you have demand you increase your capacity to meet the demand and you can do that a couple of different ways you can say no to things you can do things that you know are not good for you you can stop that but you can also increase your capacity by meditation by doing a heart math thing you could go for a run. You could, uh, you know, there's an, any number of tools that um, I have been exploring to, because not one size fits all. If you think about, uh, you know, lots of things that you might do, you might have a favorite, but the favorite might not work all the time. So you need to have this toolbox to help you increase your capacity. Right. And uh, what one of the main things, I guess, I'll just tell you, I learned a lot about neuroscience, or at least enough, maybe not a lot, but uh, enough, where you've got three brains. This is probably right up your alley, right, as a therapist? Oh, I got, love learning, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you've got the, the, the primitive brain, which we'll call the reptilian brain. Right. And that processes information in a fifth of a second. So yes. say- you are stepping off a curb and a car is coming at you. You don't hem and haw and think maybe I should get out of the street. You just react yeah. and react is the, the operative word. It's reactionary. It saves our lives through. That's how we evolve to be where we are. It it's the brain part of the brain that keeps you safe. Right. The next part of the brain is uh, I'll just call it the emotional part of the brain or the monkey brain. Like we need to, we as humans evolved by cooperating together. We are part of a society and it's super important to feel like you belong. Like you've got people who are going to help you. And so with the 
people who like in earlier times, one of the worst things that could happen is you would be banished because yes, banishment yes. was surely death because we're not the strongest animals. We're not meant to live alone. We're only strong by being in our tribes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so that part of the brain processes information in half a second. So a fifth of a second, half of a second. Mm -hmm. And if you feel safe and if you feel like you belong, then you can start using the crowning achievement of the human prefrontal brain. cortex. Yes. The, the thing that looks like a walnut, you know, <laughs> that is where then you can start making really educated decisions and you're not reactionary. Right. So the tools that, you know, I work with help to calm down that, that lizard brain and the emotional brain, this like the heart math, that exercise of feeling love and gratitude. That was definitely one of them, but you could do, you know, there's just a number of exercises that I have explored that are fun um, to really get you to use the biggest part of your brain and be who you're meant to be. Use your gifts. Well, yeah. And, and, I think that, you know, to your point that, you know, here's, I, I, I sort of look at it like I do a little diagram, you know, this is the, this is the lid, right? And then, so there's your brain stem, you know, there's a cerebral and there's a prefrontal cortex. When you're overwhelmed with stress, you flip your lid, right? And then you go to this reactive state. That's why you have hypertension. That's why you, you know, like anger, anger is something that I've struggled with. And that's like, it's so bad for, I think you're, it's like really hard on your liver. Being angry all the time is hard on your liver or your pancreas or something. Anyways, but the point is, is you have to find ways to, like you say, manage the world we live in. And the right. world that we live in is incredibly stressful. Yeah. You know, so many diseases that Western societies face mm -hmm. are, are associated to stress, you know, yeah. and cancer I mean, I don't even know exactly what stress is as like a biological entity, but anyways, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like, they're like radical cells or something, but well, based on cortisol. cortisol, right? Cortisol is very toxic. It's the, the antidote is DHEA, which is a hormone mm -hmm. that, you know, makes you relax, but with chronic levels of stress, like it was meant to be a short term thing to have you flee, uh, you know, a predator. Yeah. Um, so sorry about that. Oh, that's all right. Um, well, it's come through on my computer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was meant to um, have you escape a predator. But what it does is it removes a lot of the blood flow away from your gut oh. so because that is a not a necessary uh part for you it mobilizes blood flow to your limbs so you can flee Run. yeah and there's a lot of like this um toxic stuff ibs a lot of that i'm sure is caused by stress or constipation or diarrhea or whatever they're all like related to stress because your body says no we gotta flee but mm. That's no longer the case. If you're stuck in traffic and you're stressed out, it's like relax okay. into it. There's nothing you can do. Just relax. Except because you are. Yeah. yeah. Yes, acceptance is huge. That's the, uh, there, there's a book by Robert 
uh, I can't remember his name. Anyways, it's called Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Have you heard of that book? No. uh -uh. Well, it's saying zebras are prey, right? And Uh he's, the book is all about, you know, exactly what you're saying that they use their flight or flight response right away. And then that's it. It's back to eating grass. Whereas for us, we're like, shit, I got to send that email. That person doesn't like me. I might get fired from my job. You know, these, the hamster on the wheel, it never stops. We don't just get away from it. And then we're back to eating grass. We don't let go. And that's why the things that you're, you know, that, that, that you're suggesting are, we need to let go of that cortisol, that stress. Yeah, you know, one thing that the zebra does after they're done and they realize, okay, stress isn't there. What they do is they shake it off. They literally, yeah. if you yeah. watch any nature thing that the prey escapes, they shake it off <laughs> and then they go and like, they don't think about what happened. Yeah. They don't yeah. prognosticate what's going to happen. They are just in the present moment and then they go out eating their grass. We as humans can, mm-hmm. if we're in a fight or flight response, we we can shake it off in the sense of like doing some physical exercise, like running or some kind of aerobic right. thing to shake it off uh, is very productive. But the other thing that we have to train our minds to do is practice mindfulness. And I um, there's something called MBSR, mindfulness-based stress reduction, where you just practice being in the moment. It was brought over from India uh, by a physician who, who um, was there. To, he was interested in meditation and all this stuff. And he brought it back to University of Massachusetts, which is like the epicenter of this. And when he started teaching his cancer patients MBSR, the results of like uh, recovery and outlook and everything just uh, were so dramatic that now almost every hospital in the United States, almost everyone has an MBSR program in it. So it's like, you know, that saying like, the past is already gone, the future isn't here. Uh, The gift is in the present. Right. Which is, that's where life is happening. That's why it's called the present. That's why it's called the present. Yes. Well, and, and so much of this, I mean, it's funny how life works, but what you're, yeah, the lessons we teach most are the ones we need to learn. And right now I'm listening to Wim Hof and he's talking this, this meditation guru, this guy, the ice man. And, and there's a quote at the very beginning, so simple, but if you think you can, or if you think you can't, you're probably right. And what we set our minds to, and these things that we ruminate on that you're saying, well, how do we just get rid of that? Well, you get rid of it by, you know, like you're saying, you take, you return to yourself. And so much of this world is, you know, that piece of returning to ourself and then the most important part like you're saying is return it back to the world i think there's a lot of answers that lie in that you know just just overall for you know from the abstract to the most specific and you know the whole practice of meditation like it's always redirecting your mind back to the present like reining it in 
being in the present because our brain is designed to think. Uh, we just have to become the master of it. And, and the MBSR, there is a wonderful app that um, the viewers can uh, check out. It's called Unwinding Anxiety. And that one teaches a lot of MBSR. I think there's like four or five days for free. And then it has, uh, let's see, it has, uh, I think it's $30 a month, but it is taught by the best guy who um, he got quite famous during COVID in terms of um, here, unwinding anxiety. And I forgot his name, but Anyway, he, he was trained at University of Massachusetts, and uh, it's a really good app. And I never spend $30 for that, <laughs> unless it's a whole year, but this is per month. Right. But it's exceptional. It's really, really good. Another really good one, and I, I, I had the privilege of having him on, was Bruno Cayun, who is he developed a system called mindfulness CBT, mindfulness cognitive behavioral therapy based out of Australia. And it's, again, these things that they're borrowing is, is it's taking what we know in terms of Western, you know, knowledge and stuff, Western uh, therapy and combining it with the practice of Eastern Buddhist philosophy and and in particular, Vispanza, I I never say that right, but Vispanza meditation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And man, it's, it has revolutionized the way that I see things. Cause as you could probably guess, I'm a pretty like ah, go, go, go person. But when you slow down, you think clearly and then your ideas by you stopping and just not doing anything, your ideas actually flesh themselves out in your mind. Yes. Because you're not you're not constantly stressing them. It's 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 like you're allowing them to cultivate, yeah. like a seed. Because if I just keep watering the plant, like mm, I mean, I kill it. But if you stop, and I mean truly stop, which we struggle with in this world, things will grow naturally. Yeah. So the other plague of modern existence <laughs> is multitasking. Yes, there is so much research that is done to prove that multitasking actually is less efficient than like you think you might be moving all these pots like spinning plates all in a <laughs> row but guess what they fall down yeah <laughs> if you did one thing at a time it's so much better and i'm guilty of this i will own up to it but i'm a lot better than what i was it's like a habit that you have to train yourself to mm. do where you're, um, if you are a multi, I was like super type A and I, I still am, but I have to tone it down because <laughs> I'm a, I'm a charger. I like am a, I just, um, want to excel. I, I, I was pretty hard on myself, which is why the stress came about in the first place. Lots of expectations of myself. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, and, and it's very funny that, that you bring this up, Audrey, because you know, you were this, you sort of epitomized health and you did all the reading, you did all the right things. Then you have a heart attack. Then you take my, my uncle, Ron Svensson, love the guy. He's going on his 80th year, his 80th lap around the sun. Guy eats chicken wings like three times a day, drinks beer all the time. He does not care. 
And it's that mindset that I think has gotten him to be 80 is he just does not care. He is so just in the moment that it, 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 it you know, I, I'm not, uh, by the way, I'm not recommending this as like a, you know, doctor just eat chicken wings and drink beer, but his mind is free. Mm-hmm. Right. He's just, he's not worried about it. You know, right. obviously eating chicken wings and drinking beer is going to catch up to you sooner or later, but there is this sense of zebras don't get ulcers. How can you let go of the things you're holding on to? And you've nailed it on the head is taking time for yourself. Yeah. And just one thing at a time mm. and like saying no to things that are just like, that. you might have guilt about like saying no, because you were always like the helper or like I was the super volunteer. I right. like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And I got myself stretched so thin, mm-hmm. but I was, uh, you know, that was just my modus operandi. <laughs> just couldn't help myself. Uh, so too much is too much. And you just have to learn to say no and it's okay if you disappoint people because it'd be even worse if you disappointed yourself right. or the people that you love. A lot of times we're saying yes to things for other people, people right. outside of our right. family unit that we don't, you know, doesn't matter so much. So, and, and I mean, that's, that's very much where I'm at in my life right now is it's just like for 30 years, you know, I've been trying to please other people. And I tell kids this all the time, because going back to what I said, you know, we teach people what we need to learn that, you know, your parents or whoever, they'll be happy. They'll be proud of you if you're doing what you really want to be doing. They might at first be like, oh my God, you want to be an actor? But when they see that the joy that you're having and the impact that you can make because you're doing what you want to do, that's how you change the world. Getting a job, I'm, you know, no sticks against this. I mean, somebody has to do it. But getting a job that you don't believe in is only just killing yourself. And you are replaceable, right? These jobs that yeah. you don't enjoy, you are replaceable. So do what mm-hmm. you want to do with the time that you're given. Right. And that could Each change one of us is like a snowflake. And we have our God-given gifts. Yes. There's yes. no one like us. And the world would not be the same without us. So we need to utilize that to the best of our ability. And when we're in our gifts, we're happy. We're in a state of flow. There, there's People can say, wow, how can you do that? It's like, because it comes naturally. That's yeah. like my gift. And everybody can find their, their own gifts. And, and, yeah. and you're absolutely right. Everybody has their gift. It sounds like mm-hmm. your gift is in helping people. Well, I guess so. I mean, I just feel like I didn't go through all this just for, I didn't, I didn't go through all this and learn all this stuff not to share it. Um, and like you said, it's practice because I need to learn all this stuff. Yes. You know, and the more I teach it, the more it becomes ingrained, the more that it becomes part of who I am. I try my very best to walk the talk. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not always successful, but you know, I'm a recovering stressaholic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
but but there is that the joy of learning right like when i learn something and I, i'm you know what i'm at a point in my life if you don't like me great i'm glad please tell me you don't like me because i'm not going to change and that's who i am like this is great i want to share this with the world and there are people that don't want to hear it hey thank you for letting me know honesty is i love honesty please be honest right. but that's it. We learn things and we want to share because again, we are social creatures. This is how we have survived for tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years is by sharing, right? right. It's not just keeping our cards and like, you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the bridge troll. I know all the secrets now. No, it's extending it to others. That's how you live. So now, Audrey, I just, I'm sorry. I realized we're at 45 minutes. So tell us uh, how we can we can access your resources and hear more from you. Yeah, well, I uh, offer several different things. I offer group classes. I offer uh, individualized coaching, and I have online courses that people can uh, take. And you could probably find me if you go to audreyweidman.com. Mm-hmm. You will see. Uh, you know, some of the resources there on the pages. A couple other things I wanted to mention, because I love having a full toolbox. Mm. uh, And I don't want people to not know about them. One is like emotional freedom technique or tapping is wonderful tool that helps to interrupt the energetic flow in our meridians, which by the way, it's not just Eastern woo woo talk here. There's like a, ancients could sense it but it's confirmed by electron microscopes that we do have these meridians that when we tap on certain acupressure points we interrupt the flow and send a calming signal to that primitive part of our brain and then we can replace disempowering thoughts with more positive ones and it's powerful Uh, the other tool for people who are more visual there is this wonderful app called positive prime Dot com mm-hmm. and it is not an app right now in the sense of uh, being on your phone but you can go to um like it's an, not an app you can download but it, what it is is like a virtual vision board and there are over a thousand different images that are carefully curated based on neuroscience that have uh, green space smiling faces uh, people helping one another, bright colors, round shapes. These are all shown what, to What is this called positive, again? Positive Prime. Positive Prime. Sounds great. Yeah. And I, for, I need that right now. <laughs> well, this vision board, you they're, they're built around themes. So say you had grief mm-hmm. or say you wanted to learn how to sleep better or maybe, you know, reduce your stress or heal your heart reduce weight, whatever, all these different topics. So there are affirmations that go by in the mix, but every time you watch it, it's randomized. So each, each picture is making new connections with everything else. It's this positive soup that you watch. And then uh, you can upload your own pictures. So you're, when you speed this up, your other than conscious mind doesn't know what's real or not real. And it's a way of passively like putting all this wonderful positivity into your brain. And uh, it's, it's phenomenal tool. And um, anyway, 
I just had to share that one Thank because you. it's yeah. good. It's really good. I, I yeah, I, I love that positive primer. Well, Audrey, thank you so much for your time. And uh, like I said, that time always flies by. You know, I, I know I say that every time, and it, it, you know, for listeners, but really it does. So, mm-hmm. thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we, yeah, thanks we, so much, Robert. Deal with that stress. Get it, get that stress out of your life. <laughs> you know, that relationship isn't working. You need to break up with that stress. Yeah. So, thank you so much. You're welcome. Once again, that was Audrey Weidman, stress management educator who talks about just how deadly cortisol and stress is for our bodies and that we might eat healthy, we might exercise regularly, we might get a good night's sleep, but stress is something that we definitely need to to educate ourselves on and, and manage appropriately. Um, you know, I, I, I think about the stress I've had in my life and how it manifested itself in terms of anger and, and alcohol abuse and things like that. And, and lately when I take care of myself, when I make time for myself, when I meditate, I do find that my levels of stress, they, they dissipate. So I hope you got something out of this episode. Uh, If you ever have questions about stress or you need somebody to talk to, drop us a line. Our Instagram is probably wrong about everything. And you can email us at Rob's Probably Rob. And we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you again for listening. I'm Robert Grant, and I'm probably wrong about everything.